0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Want to Be Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, I'm your host, and I apologize for how my voice sounds. In the end of uh, last week, I got uh, COVID, so I got uh, I tested positive for COVID nineteen, and uh, I. I am vaccinated, so fortunately I didn't have any big issues, but I still had a fever and felt a little bit weak. So it's been a recovering time, which also gave me a great opportunity to actually check how much my projects are depending on me. So I just tried to see if the fact that I was a little bit outside would somehow damage how the community worked, how the projects, the podcast uh, worked and so on. And I will share that with you in today's episode. Besides that, I will also speak about the indie offices, the project that I've been working on. And uh, as always, always give a tip and trick or some tips and tricks for uh, entrepreneurs and bootstrappers in the end of this episode before we start things i want to welcome the new members of our wb space george sanat suvoyit jasper welcome to the wb space it's a pleasure to have you on board and uh, for the others that are thinking what is the wb space well it's a co-working space or a virtual co-working space for bootstrappers and uh, yeah, a place where we all work together in our own projects. And now we're actually building a project together. It's called the WBE Labs. And uh, the project that we are building in our lab this uh, month, in the month of February, is called um, CoLab Club. A platform that helps you exchange your time and your skills with others that you actually need so I'm a developer I need a marketeer so I can help the marketeer with some developer work and the marketeer can help me with marketing work so that's what the collab club is about and uh, yeah without further ado let's get started with today's episode My first job was in Trivago, and to be honest, I couldn't have asked for a better first job. It was everything that I had in mind, but actually much, much better. I moved to Germany, where uh, Trivago headquarters are, in Dusseldorf, and it's such a vibrant, young company. I met people from all over the world, And it was a very nice, chill atmosphere with uh, parties, with nice gatherings, with sports, a really nice work and uh, social or work and life balance. And uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And plus, I got to learn a lot. There are a lot of great engineers in Trivago and I, yeah, I learned a lot from them. And it really built up my resume. After that, I continued in the travel industry, but this time in a much, much smaller scale. A startup. Its name was Weekend.com. And uh, what they basically did was to do packages online. So you could uh, acquire a package to go, let's say, to Barcelona, flight plus hotel, online... For a really, really good price. It was a completely different experience, but a very fulfilling one. The problem with Trivago in the end was that it was just too big of a company and it was hard to feel like you had a purpose. And I know that having a purpose is a very millennial kind of mindset, but it's something that I really missed. In Weekend, the startup, It was very much different. We were only 20 people and uh, everyone had an actual huge impact in the company. One of my big tasks was to move the whole infrastructure of Weekend from uh, VMs to Kubernetes, to the cloud, to AWS. And I did that. And of course, that this had a huge impact in Weekend. The big, big issue with uh, working in Weekend and the startup was COVID-19. So Weekend is also, or was also, in the travel industry, and uh, we were rocking those numbers every month. We were beating the previous one. We we're growing like crazy, and it really felt that things were improving and uh, growing in the right direction. In uh, February, we had our best month, but we started to hear about COVID-19, something that was coming or was happening more in Asia, more in China, and we really didn't understand what or if this would affect us. In March, we already saw a lot of the numbers of the bookings, going down and it just didn't improve it was brutal it was literally from one day to the other seeing our revenue our user base everything falling like crazy my boss which i really really like and uh, i i learned a lot and i still learn a lot from him well he didn't know what to do So what we end up doing as a company was to go to layoff or, uh, well, maybe, I don't know how it's called in English, but uh, in German is called um, Kurzarbeit. And uh, the idea of Kurzarbeit is that your employees work less and uh, part of their uh, paychecks are supported ...by the government, by the German state. We were doing Kurzarbeit of 10%. Of course that uh, everyone was trying to work a little bit more... ...just because they wanted to, not that they were forced to do it. And we were working remotely for more than a year. And I haven't stopped working remotely ever since. Weekend was eventually bought by Trivago, my first company, and uh, I was back to Trivago. I didn't want to do that. I quit my job and started this entrepreneurial journey. And I've been, again, working remotely ever since. I have shared a lot of my learnings, my challenges in this entrepreneurial journey with you in this podcast. And it's hard to define what is the hardest thing. One can say it's marketing. It can be to convince your loved ones that you're doing the right decision or the fact that you don't have money. One thing that is definitely really, really hard for me, and it's quickly becoming one of the hardest things, is the fact of being alone. I am an extrovert person. I love to interact with others. I get energy by doing so. But after this pandemic, I'm afraid I will just transform myself into an introvert. Because I kind of feel less the will to interact with others, interact with my friends... But I, I, I wanted to, but I just don't have the energy. It is, it's really weird. And uh, I'm facing much more now the internet, right? So a lot of my friends are on the internet. And uh, I also moved back from Germany to Portugal. And all my good friends that I made in Germany stay there, obviously. So I really spend a lot of my time now online and it's good and bad at the same time. It's good because now my friends are portable, <laughs> so to say. So now with WB space, our virtual coworking space, I can just be working from wherever and uh, be in a virtual office working with members from all over the world. And it doesn't matter where I am physically, because they will always be there. So that's really nice. And uh, last week, I did something really, really nice. I decided to explore Lisbon. I went to the center of Lisbon, the touristic area. I haven't been there for a while, actually. And it was so pretty, so beautiful. I found great coffee places to just go there and work. And I I find a lot of people as well there working which is really interesting. A lot of people working from cafes, but it's still not the same. I still feel a little bit alone. It's still not the same as having a routine, as, you know, the physical presence and and the virtual presence are different. And I don't know if they will be the same in the future, but for me now, they are definitely different. And it really feels that I need to get... uh, core group of co-workers, people that I can hang out with, people that are physically present, not only virtual present. So that's definitely one of the hardest things. One option to solve that is a co-working space, but that, of course, you have to pay, which unfortunately is something that I'm still not in a position where I can spend 100, 200 bucks per month to pay a coworking space. Another option is to find other people that are also working remotely, but are here in Lisbon and to start hanging out with them. So these are some of the options and I will definitely try to figure that out. But yeah, definitely uh, a very hard hard thing to, to solve. In the end of this week, my partner started to have some COVID symptoms and not longer after that, I also started to develop them. And uh, yes, we both got COVID-19, which it shouldn't be a problem because we got vaccinated. We got both vaccines. We're actually about to get the third dose, but uh, yeah, (laughs) we didn't get there in time. Yeah, we just waited to see what the symptoms were. I, as I It feels that everyone is having COVID. I don't know if you feel the same, but it, it really feels that COVID is everywhere. And uh, I was thinking already that it would be just a matter of time until it reached us. I was not afraid and I am not afraid, but a lot of people told me that it's still not a pleasant thing to have because you get weak, you get fever, and you, you basically, yeah, you cannot work for a couple of days, literally can't. And a lot of people that told me that they kind of pushed over and they forced themselves to work, they felt much worse after that. And I decided this was the perfect opportunity to actually figure out if my business is as automated as I thought, right? So my goal Is to have um, kind of, it's, it's not a passive income, but a kind of business where the amount of work or the hours of work I do is not connected with the amount of money I make, right? So my idea is to basically keep on working the same hours, but the value of each hour to increase more and more as time goes by. And I also wanted to figure out if, if I am sick or if I have to take a leave, if the business still works, right? I think that's really, really important. So this was a perfect opportunity to do so. So far, I'm mostly working on this podcast and uh, the WB space. And uh, starting with the podcast, the podcast is really, really hard to automate, so, I kind of stopped marketing for a while. Well, I, my marketing mostly for the podcast now is the, um, it's Twitter and it's um, Indie Hackers. I use Indie Hackers as a platform to just speak about some of my interviews, some of my thoughts, and link people to the podcast, which is quite successful. And Twitter obviously, also to interact with the listeners and to get people to listen to the podcast. And I had a couple of tweets scheduled, which was great. And uh, in the beginning, when uh, I got positive, I, I was still feeling completely fine without any symptoms. So I was able to write a bunch of tweets. So this kind of allowed me to automate my marketing. Of course, that I was not doing fully. And if I was working, I would maybe invest more in the hackers and so on. But it was okay. The number of listens was also good. I mean, it's it's the normal. People just find the podcast or they are listeners that didn't listen some old episodes So just listen to them. So that part was okay and it was somehow easy to automate. The hard part obviously is recording episodes like this one or the interviews. I didn't have any interview pre-recorded for this Thursday so I had to record a couple of interviews and I had already scheduled them for this week. One I had to postpone because it was on Monday and I was still not feeling good enough. And today I had two interviews. And I have to say, it was not easy to record these interviews. I really felt that uh, I was not bringing my A-game. I couldn't focus as much. It, it seems that like I cannot speak as well and to transmit what I'm thinking into words. So... I felt and I feel that I didn't do as good of a job as I normally do on interviews and that made me a little bit worried because I'm not able to deliver good content, the content that I like to deliver. And uh, besides that, these episodes that I'm recording just now, I need to do it. There's no one else that will do it for me. One way for me to somehow prevent this from happening is to have something pre-recorded. So if I have already three or four interviews in advance, even if I skip one or two weeks of work, I can always post these interviews. Worst case scenario, I can also kind of republish old episodes. I've seen a lot of other podcasters doing this, which is also completely fine. So I can just say, okay, today is... Uh, republish or rebroadcast of episode number whatever, 22. So this is something that I can also do. It still requires a little bit of preparation. It's not something that I can just lay down in bed and this would happen. I will definitely think about having these interviews pre-recorded because, of course, if I'm going on holiday, I can prepare this. I can schedule everything and can go for holidays without thinking about it too much. But if something like this happens, like COVID, something that, is, that it was not planned before, I need to be ready for this. So now, from now on, I will try to always have at least one interview ready in the back burner so that I can skip a week without any interviews and still release something. And these Tuesday episodes, these freestyle episodes, I can also try to record in advance, but it's really hard because I'm recording this every week. So here, this is the part that so far cannot be automated. These episodes, today, episodes. I can always skip them, of course, but uh, then I'm just missing some content. Speaking about the WBE space. The great thing about creating such a community, such a virtual space, is that... My goal is not to be the center of the community. I want to bring together a group of people that uh, are somehow self-sufficient. So what I mean with this is that they already know each other, they know how to use the community, and they will keep on having value on the community even if I'm not there. So far, it, it worked. It worked really well. There were messages... Every day, people were using it, people were interacting with each other, they, they didn't miss me, quote unquote, which is great. It really takes the stress out of building such a community because then I'm just bringing the tools together for them to, to profit and uh, then they won't be um, upset if I'm not present because they have everything they need either way. So far, I have no complaints. Completely automated. People can join. And uh, actually, in the community, everything is uh, fully automated. I, I don't know if I ever told you, but from the moment someone acquires a subscription on Buy Me A Coffee, they get an email with a link to Slack. Then once they join Slack, they get an automated message saying what they should do, introduce themselves. Then after that, after one or two days, they get another message describing the community and after a week they have another message asking for feedback so all of this process is fully automated so it allows me to rest so that's uh, really really nice and uh, of course that I don't know if this would last for uh, two weeks or a month or for at least one week two weeks I think it would be fine and if the community continues to grow like this and we have so many interesting people and people that are um, excited to be part of such a virtual co-working space. I think there will be no problem. Yeah, that's it. That's it from uh, my reflection on uh, COVID-19 and uh, how it affected me and, and my business. Now I just want to quickly speak about the indie offices, the project that I've been uh, talking in the past episodes. It's basically a virtual office for remote teams. I built it initially for the WB space and people liked it so I thought maybe I can make a business out of it and sell it to companies. One of the biggest issues so far with this project is that when people install it and I had already a couple of people trying it out well they don't really understand how it works and it's really hard to motivate everyone in the slack in their slack community or team to start using this the idea of this virtual office is to be spontaneous so that people can just enter and uh, join the break room and see whoever is there from their team and just have a chat like a normal office like you know, a kitchen if, you, if your company has a kitchen and people just go there and uh, have a coffee. This it seems to be really hard to motivate people to do so. So what I've been uh, working in the past week was to, again, automate this. So now I have a bot that uh, once you create your Slack channel for your virtual office, this bot will basically explain the rules. And every time a new person joins this Slack channel, they will receive a direct message with the rules. So I want to try to automate and create this bot that will somehow teach the rules and teach people how to use this office. I have to be honest, in the beginning, I was super excited about this project. Now I'm not so sure if it will work, but yeah, it's it's. I will just invest a little bit more time into it and, and see how it goes. The community, I also want to say something. I am thinking on actually increasing the price of the community. The main reason is because as it's going now, it's it's not enough for me to, to pay a salary. And that's kind of what I need to do. I need to find a way to pay a salary to myself. Otherwise, I will uh, have to find a job. And uh, the more and more time goes by, the more I think that it's going to be really, really hard to just continue with the projects. Unfortunately, it's very, very sad. But I will have to eventually to find a job, which it's it's not something that makes me super sad. Like, as I told you, it's nice to have a group of people that I can work with. But my issue is that here in Portugal, the salaries are not so good, so... I also contemplated the idea of getting a remote job. But then if I get a remote job, I don't uh, get colleagues, <laughs> which is something that I really want. So yeah, something that I will have to think about in the future. But until then, still chilling. It's not that much about the money now. It's more about like the psychological part. It's been a long time without making a proper salary and uh, it it's hard at some point you feel that like, okay, I'm doing something wrong, I just have to go back and contribute to society or something like this, even though I feel that I'm doing great things like that's something that we we really have to think about when when you do a project, even if you didn't reach the financial success that you were hoping, it doesn't mean that you didn't reach success and if we think about my climate change app, for instance. I didn't get to have a thousand users per day or something, but I have 40, 50 users per day. And uh, this means that I was already able to help thousands of people, thousands of people to live a more sustainable life. It's already a huge impact in the world, probably a much bigger impact than I would ever had in, uh, in Trivago even though it was such a small project, even though I was never able to make money, I already did a great impact for the world. Same with the podcast. I learned a lot, but I also shared what I've learned publicly for free so that a lot of people can also learn from that. And uh, also now with the community, people are motivating motivating each other, learning from each other, getting to know each other. So I think it's really important also to think about that Even if you didn't make the goals or even if you didn't make the money that you were expecting, it doesn't mean that it was all for nothing. You could or probably impacted your community, the people around you, in a way that you wouldn't be able to impact if you were working for others. I think that's the real beauty of uh, being an entrepreneur is to create your own opportunities and to change the world. And if it wasn't for you, no one would change it. And uh, that's it. Now I just want to speak about the tips and tricks for bootstrappers. And today I want to speak about collecting feedback from your users. So we will uh, speak about the little tools or processes you can implement to collect the feedback. First of all, let me tell you that collecting feedback is probably one of the most important steps of building a successful product that people actually want. First, you release your MVP, which is your minimal viable product. This doesn't mean that uh, it's a product that uh, kind of half works, half doesn't. No. It's a product that has the minimal set of features to test if it is actually solving a problem that people want to see solved. And those features need to work seamlessly. After you release those features, you need to figure out what next you should be fixing. It's bugs. Do you need to introduce some other new feature? And for that, you will use your uh, users feedback as your north star as uh, your gps a way to guide you and there's multiple ways that uh, you can collect that feedback and uh, in my opinion you can just implement all of them because it's really really hard to get the feedback from your users. And if you think about yourself, how often do you actually send an email or fill in a survey to give feedback to an app you used? Think about in the last months. Can you remember the last time you did that? Yeah, it's it's not that frequent. So that's why you really need to make it easy for your users to provide you with uh, the feedback they want to provide you. First thing you can implement, obviously, super simple, add your email to the footer or to the contacts. When people find something that they want to see improved, or if they just want to praise your product, first thing that they will do is to check out for contacts. And uh, Me personally, I don't like the contact forms, you know, these input forms that some websites have because I always feel that if I write something, no one will read it. So I always prefer to just send an email. So make sure to make the email super accessible, both in the footer of your website and also in the contact section. If you have an app, you can also have a contact section in the menu, or in the settings so that people can check it out easily. Besides that there are a lot of nice tools that integrate really really well with your website. For instance, you can implement Hotjar. Hotjar is for free. You just have to install a JS snippet and you basically works and it just works out of the box. You can create your own quizzes, your own surveys, You can even define when these quizzes should show up. Maybe when the user scrolls down or when the user is in your page for more than X amount of minutes, but it's really, really simple and uh, a great, great tool. You can also implement heat maps, which is not a form of feedback. But it's another way for you to see how the users are actually interacting with your product. Another thing that you can implement, and I bet you that there are many, many tools to do this. I've, I've implemented that with a HubSpot and it's the customer support chat. You probably have seen this already in uh, multiple websites, in multiple SaaS products. It's basically a little chat box that it's in the corner of the screen. You can even be online there and people can interact with you live. And it's perfect, especially if you are trying to make a sale. If it's a SaaS product and people are not sure if they should buy it or not, you can be there to answer any questions that they might have. Or... Even if you are not present, even if you are not online, then they can use that chat to send you a message and then it goes to your email box. So that's definitely something really, really important. Another thing that I found it super surprising that people didn't know is people actually interact with you via Twitter. If you show your Twitter in your website, it's really important for you to have your DMs, your direct messages open. And uh, I tweeted about that recently, and a lot of people didn't know that you actually have to activate your DMs. They do not come on by default. So by default, your DMs, your direct messages are closed. And if you are asking yourself why no one is sending you messages, that's probably the reason. So make sure to go to your Twitter settings and turn on your DMs so that people can actually message you directly. There's a lot of people that will just follow you on Twitter and they prefer to message you on Twitter instead of actually sending you an email. Besides Twitter, you can always provide other platforms where people can reach out to you. For instance, your LinkedIn page or your Facebook page. If you have a Facebook page, people also might enjoy or like to send you a message via Facebook. So just make sure you have everything open because that might, there might be people that don't like Facebook and like Twitter or don't like Twitter and like email or prefer sending via the chat so just make sure you have everything open besides having these uh, approaches in your website that enables users to send you feedback you can also try to fetch feedback yourself to do that you can uh, contact your users you can just send an email so if you have an email list if uh, users register to your website you can just uh, yeah send them an email a personal email asking for feedback, introduce yourself as being the founder of the product and uh, make it simple, don't write too much because people don't have time to read a lot, but just go straight to the point and uh, hopefully some of them will return with nice feedback for you. Besides that, you can always use Reddit or Twitter. On Twitter, a lot of people like to give feedback. So you can just go there and ask for people to roast or to give you feedback on your landing page. I've done that before. And a lot of people came through and wrote amazing feedback. On Reddit, the same. You can just share your project. And I used to do that a lot, actually, with every new release of Change It, my climate change app. I used to go to Reddit And uh, I would collect so much feedback. And it's really important, by the way, when you collect this feedback to write it down, convert it into tasks or to cluster them. So you know that there's a lot of feedback in a certain topic so that you know what you should prioritize. If your product is an app and uh, you don't want to send emails, one thing that you can do, I used to do this, we change it, and it's super effective, is to send a notification. I'm actually quite surprised that a lot of apps don't use notifications properly. I think that's something that uh, I did with Change It Well to create good notifications and send them in the right time. So you can just send notifications to your users. Of course, you cannot be too spammy. This is something that you might only want to do once a month or so and ask them to give you some feedback so this is another way to collect it and to request it from your users and that's it for the tips and tricks for bootstrappers i hope this was valuable for you if you have any questions if you want any feedback send me a dm on twitter the link will be in the description this was another episode of the wannabe entrepreneur again sorry for my voice it's a little bit changed due to covid but hopefully next week it will be better and uh, if you want to support this podcast the best thing you can do is to either share it around with your friends or even better to support it with a coffee you can buy me a coffee it costs five euros one coffee you can buy me as many as you want or even better you can become a member it costs four euros per month you will be basically supporting this podcast in a monthly basis. Plus, you can join our virtual co-working space for uh, bootstrappers. It costs four euros per month, and then you can meet other like-minded people and work with other entrepreneurs. It's really a great place. And I am uh, currently thinking on increasing a little bit the price to join because I think now it creates more value and there's already a lot of people there and uh, in order to become a more sustainable business i do need to increase a little bit the prices so if you want to take advantage of the early bird price i'm not sure when i will actually increase but probably by the end of this week so until then you can still join with the original price of four euros per month so the link will be in the description make sure to check that out and that's it that's it for today's episode coming thursday there's a great interview with the juice media and if you haven't watched them you should watch their youtube videos just search for honest government ads they're really really amazing they will also be linked in the description so i'm looking forward to share that interview with you And this was another wannabe entrepreneur, see you next time. then let me just uh, disinfect the mic, perfect